Billy, what's up? Dagny, what's up with you? Oh my gosh, I started the last episode by talking about how I'm going to go visit a cat um, and might get another cat. No updates on that because, spoiler, that episode was recorded an hour ago. Uh, (laughs) Two in one day, baby. That's okay. Billy and I consume enough pop culture to have more than one thing to talk about. Um, this peek behind so, the curtain is more than I'm comfortable giving the audience. All right. I Next, like we're going to be give them my address. Handed. Yeah. What is it? Something. <laughs> all gonna... right. All right. Now I'm going to have. Now you're giving me actual <laughs> editing I have to do. No. Oh. There's probably multiple streets in Los Angeles, or it's a long street. They're not going to be able to find you. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Your all car's right. going to get stolen. Yeah, probably by Ezra Miller, um, now that they know my location. Good morning, good afternoon, (laughs) good evening, and good night. No matter when you're listening or where, what is happening? Welcome to Poptimist. (laughs) Welcome to Poptimist, a pop culture breakdown (laughs) show focused on optimism. (laughs) I'm your host. Billy, and here I'm here with my co-host and sister. Hey, who's that? Hi, my name is Ezra Miller. <laughs> what is happening? My name's Dagny. Spoilers, not Ezra Miller. That would be wild, though, if we had them on our show. That would be such a blast. Uh, what? If- except they would end. We don't have to linger. This would, is an optimistic would, show. <laughs> they would just end with the sound of me being choked out. <laughs> Oh my god. What a oh, fun start my... to an episode. Uh well, Danny, did you have any uh, <laughs> uh uh pop culture stuff you wanted to discuss right up top cuz I have a I have a whole show that I watched the entirety of in the hour gap in between our last episode and this episode. There's no That's way. a joke. That's a joke. Oh, but okay. I do have a show. <laughs> I also so have I a like show. to be Okay, well, I like go to ahead. be on top of things. <laughs> yeah, I'm going first. I think okay, it's go. implied. I need to talk out all of that giggling that was happening earlier for almost no reason. Um, So I like to be on top of pop culture, which is why I recently sat down and watched the entirety of a show that came out two years ago. What? No, I watched Stranger Things uh, like six months ago, which was six months too late. All right. Oh, we're talking about Squid Game? Will you stop trying to guess all the shows (laughs) I've watched late? I've talked about Squid Game on this show. I've talked about Stranger Things on this show. You finished that. Can I guess? Can I keep guessing? You're never gonna get it. You literally will never get it. Is it friends? I can give you two. I can give you two <laughs> hints if, if you want them. It's not friends. Sure, sure. It was on HBO. Okay. And oh, it's White Lotus. Only one season. Oh, only one season. Hmm. Eh, I give up already. Go ahead. I watched Mayor of East Town, starring Kate Winslet. Oh. I'm sure that was uh, a really happy show to watch. <laughs> so this is actually why I want to talk about it. Because every once in a while, and by every once in a while, I mean once a week at least, I go, God, I want to watch a story about someone being horribly murdered and everyone around them, their lives falling apart. Uh, yeah. And so I knew Mayor of Easttown was true crime. What I didn't expect was for, even though it is, you know, it's a fairly dark show about a murder, I didn't expect it to be as funny as it was. Hmm. Um so one of the things they do to structure the show is Mayor, which is Kate Winslet, is a detective in uh, a small town in Pennsylvania. And the horrible shit in her life 
has already happened. And she's still grieving. She's, like, still in recovery. But, like, she's already been through the worst thing that's ever happened to her. And so a lot of the show is equal parts about the case and about her home life with her daughter. And her mother lives with her now. And her mother is Jean Smart. So already we're having (gasps) a great time. Um, And I find even though the subject matter is very heavy, there's a lot of really funny, really lighthearted conversations just peppered throughout all of the episodes. And so, yeah, you'll have like, uh, because the murder itself, the murder they're trying to solve, she's got a cold case where a girl was kidnapped a year before, a single mother who's like 20 years old, and she hasn't been seen since. And so she hasn't solved that case, and it, she that's eating her up. But also that girl's mother is doing press conferences where she's like, and the police are doing nothing. And in the middle of all that, there is a second, another, a different, there is a murder um, of a young woman in the town. And so, yeah, she's doing all, all she's do solving the case and dealing with all that. But she's also like, dating again for the first time and also mm-hmm. her ex-husband lives in a house that like touches backyards with hers and so like in the first episode she finds out he's having an engagement party and she can like see it from her backyard with like his new girlfriend <laughs> and so it is it's a really good compelling mystery it's fairly dark and fairly violent but it has some moments of levity that made it so by the end i was blown away by the show as a whole the acting's great it's a great mystery it's only seven episodes and that's it and i blazed through it um and the the identity of the killer eluded me and it's one of those things where it was written so well that you you figure out what you've been missing um the same time mayor does the main character like, I, I was devastated at the reveal in the same way her character was. And that's great writing. Mm. Um, nice. uh, but yeah, uh, I know it came out two years ago. Well, a year and a half at this point. But Mayor of Easttown was really good. And the accents are wild. Oh, they're all doing <laughs> they're all doing that accent. This, like, rural, east coast, northern, not Canadian, not southern. <laughs> it's great. It's, uh, you know, Gene Smart is a great show. Everyone should watch Mayor of Easttown. That's all. That's my show. Nice. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. I yeah. I did not watch it. You would when like it. Out. You would like it. I'm sure I would. Um, I can keep mine brief because I have mentioned this already, but now I'm almost done with season two. And <laughs> one of my favorite shows I've watched in a long time is a show on Paramount Plus called Evil. Um, uh, it is so fucking good. It's a procedural about demons. Um, let me it's read like, the it's, little it's, premise. It's, uh, would you, I know you haven't seen it, but would you describe it as like if the X-Files was less sci-fi and more occult? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let me let me read this. So yeah. um, there's three main characters, Kristen Bouchard. Um, she is a uh, forensic psychologist. Ben is um, like a tech guy. I don't know how to best describe him. Um, and then... David Acosta is a priest or going to be a priest. He's like in seminary school. So the premise is a skeptical clinical psychologist joins a priest in training and a blue collar contractor as they investigate supposed abnormal events, including demonic possession and other extraordinary occurrences to see if there's a scientific explanation or if it's something supernatural at work. So there's like a, a through line of like an over, like a, a story of what they're trying to fix. That's like the big story, but every episode is its own individual like procedural where they're trying to solve like this kid is trying there was one episode that really me up where a a kid is just like they all think they're possessed which he's just 
Oh, I'm not going to get into it. It's really dark. We'll keep it. <laughs> we'll keep it light here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they just they do these evaluations uh, whenever they get reports of somebody thinking they have somebody they know someone that's possessed or if there's something weird that's happening and they like can't explain it they'll call in the church and then they'll have like the tech guy will go through their computer or look at cameras and try and see if there's a different explanation for it the psychologist will talk to them and be like you know it could just be psychology and what's fun is there's it almost always ends open-ended like sometimes they solve it but other times you're like there's kind of an explanation, but also it could be a demon. Like it's pretty, uh, there's a chance because they couldn't explain everything, um, which is what's fun about it. One specific episode, I've been hooked since like episode three of season one because it's just very good. But in season two, or no, maybe the end of season, there's an elevator episode where um, Kristen's character has four daughters and there's this, it's like an elevator game, which do you remember like um, Albino Black Sheep? It's kind of where all those like games that we would play growing up. It's kind of yeah. like that. It's like a kind of dark web. Rest in peace. Rest in peace flash. But yeah, all those flash <laughs> yeah. mini games. Yeah. Um, kind of a dark web video game that people will play on their computer and it's called the elevator game. And then this one specific apartment area in new york did the like if you do the elevator thing and you push the buttons correctly uh, these two kids disappeared and they figure out that it just like and ugh, i don't want to spoil it because it's so good but <laughs> it really fucked with me because like they actually make it pretty creepy like surprisingly the like monsters and stuff that, that you're introduced to are genuinely creepy um and this one made me so nervous that i actually had to go into the office the day after. And when I got on the elevator, I texted my boyfriend. And I was like, I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> like, I feel very <laughs> weird being on this elevator. I don't trust it. Um, so anyway, it's it's shockingly good is kind of my takeaway from it. I didn't expect it to be so well done as a show and the acting to be like pretty superb. And yeah, if you're looking for a procedural that includes uh exorcisms check it out <laughs> it's really i mean fun. i have yeah I, I i that sounds great i i just wanted to be hypercritical real quick of exorcism media mm -hmm. just in general did you know that prior to the release of the film the exorcist there was an average of like one x like one real world exorcism per year if, or even less and since that movie came out, the number of exorcisms that have been attempted in real life have skyrocketed and they've never gone back yeah. down. And this has led to a lot of child abuse and dead children. Yeah. Isn't that great? Uh, exorcisms. Yeah. Uh, um, but check out luckily, Evil. Luckily, none of the exorcisms. Yeah, none of the exorcisms in Evil are like people lifting off the bed or anything like that. They all feel very grounded in reality. You know, reality. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe exorcisms do work uh, in the show. Yet to be proven if they do. <laughs> but this is a, still, a optimist disclaimer fun. from me, Billy. Um, exorcisms don't work because they're not real uh, and they're not hey, necessary. Um, and they usually cause more is. harm than good. Get your child a therapist. Don't tie them to a bed for days. Deny them food. Ugh. And pray over them. Just get a therapist. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of the, yeah. one of the through, through lines of evil is like, okay, before you assume it's demonic possession, maybe take your, <laughs> your kid or your friend or your wife or whoever to a, a psychologist and rule that out first, um, which yeah. is 
kind of a, a part of the show. Anyway, very good. Um, but that's all. Yeah, I highly recommend yeah. it. Yeah, well, it's I'm excited to get I'm excited to get this show going. So here on Poptimist, what we like to do is we have a guest come on, and that guest will bring us something from pop culture that they love that either is obscure or uh, like actively disliked by general audiences, and they'll tell us about why they love it. And I'm so excited. Our guest today, I've been waiting to get him on the show since the very beginning. He's a friend of mine. He's a very funny uh, comedian and actor and performer. And just, he's like a good dude. He's just a nice guy. <laughs> Welcome to Poptimist. It's Scott Joel Gazicki. Hey, running into the room. Yay. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. We've made him stand outside this whole time. And then he has to yeah. listen. Just press his ear against the door. And when he stand hears it, in his own he, home. here's the introduction. Yes. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, it's in my own home. Oh, excited Scott, to be here welcome, welcome. yes thank you thank you thank you no i'm super stoked do i just dive right in and tell you what i'm it's honestly whatever if you want to like rant about anime for an hour first we could i did that recently on an episode and we could always do that no okay, <laughs> well i will we say did, i'm yeah. i'm i'm sold more on evil than the mayor of east town um and you had me at it's procedural but there's still an overarching arc I'm a I'm a yeah. fan of arcs. I'm a fan of long form storytelling, which mm-hmm. is partially uh, why what I'm bringing to the table today is my fandom of General Hospital as well as just the soap opera genre in general. Yes, yay! I'm shocked we haven't had someone bring a soap, in opera soap operas. Episode. Hasn't occurred I'm, to me until just now that nobody's brought in soap operas before. It's so it it fits the vein of our show so well that it. I'm surprised this is the first time, but I'm so excited. I'm thrilled to be the trailblazer in that regard. <laughs> for and General to be an, adv- an advocate for daytime television. So I General Hospital actually turned 60 years old this year. Uh, oh my it, God. it debuted on April 1st, 1963, which makes me really happy because when they do anniversary episodes, it usually falls around my birthday, which is April 2nd. Um, and it actually, in that time, it has never once stopped production except for COVID like many other things when podcasts were roaming the earth Um, and just to give credit where credit's due it was created by Frank and Doris Hurley you were going to say so that means oh just just for me and Dagny's frame of reference that Mm -hmm. makes General Hospital seven months older than Doctor Who Oh, isn't that crazy? They're both doing 60th anniversaries Mm. this year, but Doctor Who premiered in November and famously Doctor Who off the air from 89 to 05. So General Hospital never effing stopped. Well, it it is actually the longest running American soap still in production. Um, Guiding Light, another daytime uh, American soap. It actually was 72 years when it went off the air in 09. But it had a shared, a shared a crossover. It was one of the rare soaps to actually make it from radio and transition to television. But it was only on TV for nice. 57 years. So General Hospital has that. Wow. <laughs> only 57 yeah. years. Yeah. Only right? 57. That's it. That's it. But it's like, it's interesting to me because whenever you hear like in pop culture, like we celebrate like longevity in productions of things mm-hmm. like the CSIs, the Law and Orders, SNL. You know, all those yeah. new shows, Simpsons, um, but rarely is daytime television ever included in that. And there's something to say yeah. about it going on for that long. 
and keeping keeping it alive for that long uh, it's a huge credit totally. to the the crew and everything so but i love it i love it big fan and i mentioned long form storytelling um just to give you a sense of the history like the commitment to the show like literally the first character og episode one of general hospitals dr steve hardy like that character has great grandchildren, like still on the show. So it's just like oh, a wow. really long formed um, storytelling. Crazy. And it, and it, for me that actually, cause I was exposed to soaps at a young age. So I crave that in other forms of entertainment. Like if like mm-hmm. growing up, if there was ever like a to be continued episode, I'm like, Oh, I'm here for it. Like I want to be gripped in that way story wise. So that's why I love the arcs and I can, I can appreciate shows that are procedural or even shows that have more standalone, like charmed, but they often tend to be like that background kind of show to me. Like I really want to be gripped. And so that thing, like a great thing that comes to mind is, um, Arrested Development. I feel like that was mm-hmm. like the first time a comedy actually took that element. Um, and so like, mm. so it, and, and it had like you, if you missed an episode, like you missed a bunch, a shit ton of jokes with Arrested Development. Mm. So things like that, just like always like it's smart. It's, it keeps you engaged. And, um, and so any, and even I'm going to transition a little bit, but even like as a kid, like the Saturday morning cartoons, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or like the X-Men animated series, that had the arcs like that is really what kept my attention. And I want to also mention how we love Marvel universe. We love DC universe decades of history. It's pretty much more or less the same as like soap opera storytelling, just like a lot less superpowers. Although days of our lives did do an exorcism uh, on their show. Like not once, yeah, but, of course not once but twice, but uh, so it, <laughs> there are sometimes superpowers. Uh, not always though. Um, but, you know, they these shows, they're working on such a tight budget contract. You know, they got to keep their sets in mind. So, like, I give so many credits to the, so much credit to the writers. And I think that's where, like, a lot of it gets lost in the shuffle. Like, it's a lot of critique, right? Like, it's so over the top. It's so cheesy. But I think when you get sucked in, you kind of start to get committed to these characters. And really, I, I give General Hospital a lot of credit Um Casting director Mark Teschner, I even had the pleasure of working with him in an acting class. He's just incredibly brilliant, really gracious guy, and he's a genius. And I give him a lot of credit because he's been casting for General Hospitals in the early 90s. And that is really like as over the top as the material can be, these actors come in and they sell it. And I do have friends that have like worked behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And they just they just praise the show. They just say, like, everyone gets along really great. The actors are a lot of fun. So and that comes across on screen. So it really makes all of that worth it. It's it's just pure escapism. So it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely used to think soap operas weren't like high, like, you know, high quality. What people think of soap operas where they're like, ah, oh, it's just kind of like whatever. Um, and then I was back when I was training for a half marathon, um, I was going to the gym a lot and they had TVs and it was during the day. So it would be, I think young and the restless is what I usually caught based on the time that I would go. And I got sucked in within a day where I was like, okay, I'm going to come back to the gym tomorrow and see what's going on with these, this crazy plot. <laughs> Look at what channel for, it was like, on. You're just like, I have to no. go back to the well, gym. I don't have cable. I don't know if I could necessarily <laughs> oh, watch fair. it. So I would just go, and also I was watching it with subtitles. I wasn't hearing what like their voices sounded like. And still I was like, this plot is nuts, but they are like so in it 
and like I ate it up. It was really fun. And I can I can definitely see the appeal. But before then, the only thing I would even though did did you watch Jane the Oh my god, what am I saying? Jane, Jane the, Virgin? the Virgin? Uh no, I actually didn't watch that. But I've it's I've been kinda, told it's on my list because I've been told I would like it. Yeah, it it starts almost as like trying to parody soap operas, but it becomes its own soap opera. Um or yeah. a telenovela. And I really loved it. I still think about that show a lot because I think they're trying, they started off trying to make fun of the soap opera like structure, um, but it becomes so over the top and there's like evil twins and like Amazing. these villains that wear masks and take them no. out. Like they, it, they lean into it yeah. and I think it is to I their benefit it. when it be, when they are the making did fun of I it think- anymore. Well, I think one of the things that, that Jane the Virgin did really well is it's incredibly, for the most part, it's very realistic, grounded characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then soap opera plot line. Yeah. So like, like ridiculous things are happening, but at the core, the characters are still really well written and really grounded. And you've like, they're consistent through the four seasons they did five. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it really, so when it gets even crazier in the later seasons, you're super willing to go along with it because you trust the characters. And that's yeah. a lot of fun. That's a fun thing to do. That's amazing. It's, yeah. That- yeah. That reminds me of Ugly Betty. Ugly Betty, I don't know if you ever watched that. Yes. Very similar type of what you're describing. It feels very similar. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I'm all about eating that stuff up. Um, yeah, you would definitely love so, it. But um, General Hospital. Yeah. Yeah, I need to ask. So General Hospital, the thing I used to know about soap operas, and I don't know how, how it still is, but they would air like five or six episodes a week. Is that consistent? Is that still happening? For sure. Yeah. So they air five times. It's Monday through Friday. If you take out the commercials, it's 37 minutes of content. So if you're like with, and it's like, you know, it's, it's this sense of familiarity. So you're tuning in, you're soaking up 37 minutes of this every day. And I got my boyfriend, Sam hooked on the two. So it's amazing. (laughs) We we watch it together. It's part of our daily routine, but like you really do like, there there are times like it'll be over the weekend and Sam will be like, ah, I just want to know, is Willow going to die or not? Like, it's just, <laughs> we're like, it lingers with us. It's it's hilarious. But it's, it's, and I love it because I grew up, um, you know, my mom started, I think she started watching daytime, like ABC soaps, like a lot of come and gone, but the staples are like all my children, one life to live, General Hospital. Although the mm-hmm. the first two canceled in 2012, but um, my mom yeah started watching them when my oldest bro- when she was pregnant with my oldest brother, so I feel like it was always on in the background. I remember at some point my family was like at various times like always engaged, so I feel like it was just kind of always in the background. And it wasn't until like the early 90s, I rem- like I was getting a little bit older, starting paying closer attention. And the big deal, like you can't, like I literally could not talk about General Hospital without bringing up Luke and Laura. Um, I don't know if either of you. Yes. Are, yeah, it's like it's synonymous with with uh, daytime with everything. Luke and Laura were returning in the '90s uh, to General Hospital. I remember how excited my mom was, and I'm like, oh, what is this? And just remember getting more engaged. And for me, you know, I would ask her all the questions about the history, and I started getting really into it. And it's great because over the years, even though she's in Michigan, I'm here in Los Angeles, it helps us talk every day still. So Aww. it's like a really good like bonding um, experience for me. Um, and it, yeah, it's fun. But yeah, but back to Luke and Laura, Some I actually have some fun facts about Luke and Laura. Yes. The so, iconic super couple. Yes. So Jeannie Francis, she actually is still on the show. She plays... Uh, lawyer L- Laura, she's a uh, mayor of Port Charles, which is the fictional setting, and 
upstate New Yorkish. Uh, and Tony Geary, he's now he played Luke. He's now retired, but presumed dead. And I think he's coming back for the 60th. But that's pure uh, uh, speculation. But <laughs> they were like huge in the late 70s into the 80s. Like General Hospital, and uh, maybe fans of other soaps would disagree, but they really changed the way soap operas and really the whole genre would operate. It was very organ music, melodrama. You know this, that, and the other. They actually brought some like more high octane energy. They fleshed out these characters. They became, they you know, were given more depth. Luke and Laura like created the super couple. Like every, you know, mm. and that just became super popular. And we see it in even a lot of primetime soaps. You know, Meredith and Derek and Grey's Anatomy, for example. Um, yeah. And their wedding. This was so huge. Like during this time period, almost like everybody was watching soaps. Their wedding, which aired on November seventeenth, nineteen eighty one drew in 30 million viewers and it still holds Jeez. yeah to the still holds the record no other soap opera has ever surpassed this record elizabeth taylor guest starred as the helena cassadine on this episode and curse the spencers <laughs> something that their the family still deals with today the curse of helena cassadine oh. and uh, <laughs> uh prince it was so big princess diana even had champagne delivered to the studios the day uh the episode aired um so it was oh just this cultural phenomenon on. And it, and you know, throughout the years, I think a lot of factors have played a part in kind of the decline of soaps. Uh, the big thing, really, being first was the O.J. Simpson trial. Like for over a year, that was really dominating daytime television. It was getting interrupted. Yeah, people were losing interest. Sort of at the same time, we were getting the early ages and the onset of reality television. And I'm sorry, Billy. That's your genre, your favorite genre killed mine. Um, slowly, I was going to say, the, the yeah. soap, the, the, my favorite soap operas are called The Real Housewives of Potomac, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, <laughs> The Real Housewives of New Jersey, The Real Housewives of Insert oh City. Here. Yes. I have to tell you, Dagny, I had a similar, and, and this is to give cre- Billy some credit too. I got, I was always against the housewives, very much so. Mm-hmm. However, I developed a gym routine that got me hooked on Real Housewives of New Jersey. Same thing. Subtitles. I'm like, I'm coming back every day. So I get it. I get um, how the reality TV be just as absorbent as a as a soap opera for sure. Maybe gyms know this. Maybe that's what how they try to like keep members motivated. They're like, let's put on the most addictive shows we possibly can to where they want to come back and watch it. Um, probably not, but it worked for me. Um, and you, Scott. Yeah, but it, indeed. It indeed. Kept us well, back. so many soap operas inspired so many like storytelling techniques too. I mean, we already talked about it with like Arrested Development being a little bit of a soap opera. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is really Game of Thrones. A massive high budget oh, I, soap opera. Yeah. I actually yeah. I was going to talk about Twin Peaks, but that's a better example. Yeah, Twin Peaks is definitely a soap opera, but Game of Thrones, especially in those early seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't about where they were going. It was about who was fighting with who this week. And which sibling was sleeping with which sibling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Classic incest soap opera plot. No, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's, I mean, soap uh, and soap operas really do deserve this place in pop culture. um, Because even amongst all the the wildness and the -the over-the-top storytelling like there have been in my time growing up like some really hard-hitting socially relevant like i remember at a young age general hospital did a hiv aids storyline and it was actually between two straight a uh, straight couple which was also like you know during the early 90s still known as a gay disease and so just being exposed to that and like turning around and talking to my family about it you know they've done 
topics yeah. on rape, breast nice. cancer, organ donation. So there's a lot of things that keep it relevant. And for me, even even though General Hospital was always my favorite, I would occasionally watch the other ABC soaps. And you know, everyone, and you also can't talk about soaps without talking about Susan Lucci, Erica Kane from All My Children. And her daughter, yeah. Bianca, was coming out to her on the show around the same time I was building up the bravery to do the same with my own family. So it was very cathartic to sort of watch that at that time. It was sort of a, a compass for me in some ways. But yeah. That's so nice. And a lot of um, um, a lot of big names have come from soap operas too. Like General Hospital oh, yeah. had like Demi Moore, Mark Hamill, Ricky Martin, John Stamos. Like a lot of people have come from soap operas. Michael B. Jordan, that's when I started my crush on him was when he was Reggie, Mon- Reggie Montgomery on All My Children. So. <laughs> was, th- was that before the chin implant? Probably, yeah. This is such a such a shady thing that I just learned. That was from very shady. Chin implant? Just what? type just type it in. He I think he did. I think he did. I think he did. Oh, Dagny's Googling. I don't know. This is a fun I, That's a Google one. face. I can tell that's a Googling face. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean it looks nice. It does. He's hot hotter with it. He's just hot. Yeah. yeah he's just hot in general. Why yeah. not? If you got the money and you wanna fix it or not fix it, he looked great before. Uh, <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna do that and you got the money, more power to you. I love it. He looks I, good. I love it. You got to be optimistic about it. Of yeah, course. Always. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, Scott, about um, COVID and the end of soap operas, because it looks like it didn't happen. Wasn't there like a discussion of how like all soap operas are going to be moved to streaming or they're going to be canceled? And then it looks like maybe not. <laughs> Great question. So yeah, we currently have, so there was a time that like soap operas, there was like 10 to 12 of them on it at any given time. And like, as soon as one was canceled, another one was ready to take its place. Like it was Hmm. high competition, but now there's only four remaining. I will say Days of Our Lives just left NBC to be exclusively on Peacock. So they're the last or first of the remaining four soaps to do that. But I think the other ones are thriving, to be perfectly honest. And actually, yeah. Days is doing well on Peacock. I know they did this huge uh, like special during COVID. I think it was on ABC Primetime. I actually did not watch it, but it was like celebrating soaps. But it was like in an attempt to like keep it relevant. Um, something that I think is helping is General Hospital within like the last decade or so, like really returned after the other two soaps canceled they really returned to like a lot of their history brought back a lot of vets uh Fenola Hughes who's like hosted a shit ton of stuff on like other networks like uh, fashion shows and whatnot she, British actress mm-hmm. uh she like they brought her back to the show and she's still on so I think that brought like a lot of like older viewers in and like um and then they, they're just good with like folding in you know at the right time the next round of teenagers to engage the youngs. So it's a, it's a model. When you, watch, you can definitely recognize it's a cycle of how they tell the stories, but yeah, they did not die to answer your question. I really went off on a tangent. That's why I had to make notes. No, that's good. We talk forever, but no COVID did, that... not, did not kill the soap opera. Like what was predicted. Good. Huh. I'm just it's impressed just, sorry, that they just... can do five episodes a week. That sounds. Oh yeah. I mean, they've got it down to a science obviously, but it's just, that's why exhausting for many people. Totally. I mean, the actors, the Multi-camera. writers. Multi-camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Huh. Everyone, yeah, the- down to the best boys and the grips and everyone, everyone. It's like yeah. lots of production, for sure. And they do say, because they've had a lot of uh, guest stars over the years. Uh, 
most namely James Franco. Problematic, I know, but he um, was a did a long stint when he was really relevant. Like right before he was hosting the Oscars, they even made fun of it on the Oscars. Um, and uh, he he said he said it was some of the most grueling work he'd ever done as an actor, and it really put him to yeah. the test. So, props to everyone, and I think it's it's just a genre that really gets. Uh, I think it's underappreciated. And I get why to an extent. Mm-hmm. It's an old uh, genre, but for me, it keeps going strong. That's great. 60 seasons. That's what it says. Upcoming episodes. And it's season 60, episode 101. Season 60, episode 102. Season 60, episode 103. They have over 15,000 <laughs> wow. episodes in total, too. Whoa. Have you seen them all? I No, definitely not. It's, unfortunately, <laughs> they don't have... I, I would love... I mean, if... I'm telling you, if they if these episodes were made available somewhere, I'm such a geek about it. I would sit there and binge it from April 1st, 1963 to modern day. Uh, but it mm-hmm. doesn't exist. Um, but I recently got into my partner and I went back because they started dropping Bold and the Beautiful, one of the remaining four soaps. They started dropping mm-hmm. old episodes of that on YouTube. Now, that's a 30 minute soap. So those episodes without commercials are like 20 minutes, maybe less. Um, yeah. maybe that's the one that was quicker. at the gym is young and the restless still on they're both still or? on yeah they're kind of sister okay. shows they yeah but bold and the beautiful maybe i like, was watching them back to back because i remember seeing the very title possible. card for bold and the beautiful <laughs> while i was at the gym so i couldn't tell you which one was which i maybe by looking at the characters i could remember but um yeah i think it was probably those two back to back maybe i was that's hilarious yeah that would make sense they were on the same network oh for sure oh. yeah Nice. Uh, General Hospital is the longest running American T show. Yeah, I had serialized to realize TV show. There's two like English shows, I think, British shows. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's there's uh Coronation Street, which I, you know, has been on uh, 3 years longer than General Hospital. It's been on since 1960. Um and then there's a show called The Archers, which I've never heard of, but it looks to me that The Archers is a scripted radio drama. That's been mm. playing on BBC Four since the fifties. Oh, interesting! But it might still be on the radio. From what I can yeah. tell, it looks like it might not have many like actual TV episodes. But it's been a radio soap opera that is still going on today. That's wild! Yeah. Since the fifties. Well, you just That's schooled me. Cool. <laughs> That's yeah, so funny. Hold on. Um, hold on. I have but, a, a question, a hypothetical about General Hospital for yeah, you. Lay it on me. Um, if it was ever to end. How do you think they would end the show? Like, I think there's no other way. So they did this big plot in the 80s. They were they were tracking down this giant ice princess diamond. And the Cassidyne family wanted to use this ice princess diamond. It was the largest uncut diamond in the world uh, to freeze the world for domination. And they were starting with Port Charles, naturally, as you would. So I feel like the only yeah. way to end the show is to see the Cassadines successively freeze over Port Charles in that way. That's 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 the only way they should go out. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. I love that you had an answer so quickly and you're so certain about it. Um, <laughs> I'm just curious. I did, do you think that they would end it in our lifetime? Or do you think it has the ability to just keep going and going and going? I think it it has that ability, you know, pending, you know, the rest of the world uh, and uh, yeah. not, not, <laughs> not to get doom and gloom here. But uh, yeah, I think it, I think it does have that capacity. True. You know, it's, it's got uh, the, the mainstay characters. I mean, I'm surprised. I remember the 50th anniversary and I'm like, yeah, we'll see if we'll make it to 60. And they did. So um, hmm. I think I think it can weather the storm. I think the genre can stay alive for sure. 
So cool. Do you know generally how many viewers they get like present day on a daily That's basis? That's a yeah. great question. Yeah, maybe Billy can look that up. And actually, while Billy looks that up, I'd love to quickly discuss the spinoff that General Hospital had for a minute because uh, it's aligned with your evil show. They actually had a supernatural Ooh. spinoff. Uh, they had vampires and angels and witches, and towards the end they were was introduced after dark. Uh, no, it was it was poor Charles. It was a thirty minute soap that aired before All My Children and the whole lineup. But it was actually a spinoff of General Hospital. Yeah, it was amazing. What was I, it called? It was just called Poor Charles. So half half of oh, General Hospital, like the on General Hospital, they have a like a strong mob presence on the show. Still, like the lead of the show is a mobster, mm. Sonny Corinthos. You wouldn't think that for a show called General Hospital. Um, <laughs> But poor Charles, so was, I always laughed when poor Charles was on because I'm like, half the town is running wild with vampires and the other half has a bunch of monsters uh, shooting up misses. So this is fantastic. Very safe place That's to amazing. Live. Bring your family. Oh, um, yeah. Dagny, Dagny uh, for the 2021-2022 season, every episode averaged a little over 2 million viewers. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's, a you know, five days a week and you're having 2 million at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. That's impressive. That's and it, it airs in other countries. Yeah, with Princess Diana. So is it like, I assume, I don't know everywhere. if it's worldwide, yeah. but is it? Well, I do know I Bold know and the Beautiful know. is the soap that's aired in the most countries. Like internationally, Bold okay. and the Beautiful is leaps and bounds more successful um, than General okay. Hospital is. But I know um, like the actor who played uh, Luke Spencer, I think he moved to Amsterdam was afterwards. And he said he was running in demand still. So, wow. yeah. So yeah, it's so definitely cool. has a national, I mean, and especially back in that heyday, like they were on People Magazine, Time, you know, all yeah. the all the big magazines were talking about. Now you only see them on, you know, Soap Up or Digest. So it's, it's yeah. just, it's just, it's like the little engine that could, like these last few are just holding on and uh, I'm, I'm along for the ride. And I think it's awesome. And if you want to get into it, it, they do air the last 10 episodes on Hulu. And you can always message me on Instagram <laughs> at Scott J. Gazicki, uh, and I'll, I'll fill you in on any history. So they just like yeah. every, <laughs> is it like every day they drop one episode off and it's just like the most recent 10? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. But I think like between like the internet is chock full of like clips, scenes, whatever. Mm-hmm. YouTube does, you can find some full episodes, but. I really yeah. do wish there was like a full collection, especially in this day and age. I feel like more people are willing to complete us with content because we yeah, have access. Yeah. yeah, that would be cool if you could get a like a stacked box set of since the '60s, which I, I it's kind of. I mean, Doctor Who has all of their episodes available in some. Uh, in, you you kind of have to go around about that. sometimes. Oh no, you say not? that, Dagny. There's there's missing episodes. There's whole stories oh. that are gone. Never There's mind. um you can buy like box sets where they have like episode one and episode four of a story, but for and actually these are really cool for like episode two and three they only have the audio so they animated the episode and then re-released it like sixty years later and those are actually really cool because they like the black and white episodes they animated it in black and white so they like it's very cool but yeah every once in a while you'll hear like oh yeah this this old man recently passed away and and left his all of his stuff to his grandchildren and. He lived in South Africa for 15 years, and during that time, he recorded everything on the BBC, and because of that, we found these three episodes of Doctor Who that we've been missing for 30 years. That's um, wild. But when when Doctor Who got cancelled in the 80s, the head of the BBC hated the show, and there was no, like, preservation 
in place. They didn't save episodes because they didn't predict, you know, in the future, everyone's going to want every episode of Doctor Who on DVD. Um, mm. So, yeah, there's a few that are still missing, which is wild. Yeah. I would be happy with, like, the mid-70s on. Like, I've, I've, you know, from mm-hmm. what you read, those first years are boring anyway. So um, <laughs> I, that's, like, like when the high-octane adventure stuff started. Like, that's what I would uh, yeah. start watching. Yeah. When it went a little off the rails. Absolutely. In a good way. Right, right, precisely. To eventually lead up to a spinoff with the Empires. It's fantastic. Gosh. Amazing. What if we, you know what, here's a question for you, Scott, that we should have asked at the beginning. What turns a regular TV show, a regular drama, into a soap opera? Hmm. That's a very good question. It's It's got to be, like, the right combination of, like, leaning into camp. Mm-hmm. And there has to be some type of familial dynamic presence, multi-generational. Um, like, even, like, short-lived soaps like Revenge, you know, had that. And I think there there has to be, yeah, there has to be mystery. There has to be intrigue and just like obscene decision-making. Um, I'm trying to think of though, I'm tr- that question made me think if there's ever been like a, an actual primetime drama that was more dramatic and eventually shifted into more soap genre. Um, I guess if you look at the first season of Dynasty, it was kind of mild compared to the rest yeah. of the, for the classics, but um, that's a great yeah. question, but I think, yeah, I think all those elements together is really what makes it spark as more of a soap mm-hmm. opera. If it's any type of escapism, I feel like if you've got a drama, like great, I think a great example is like uh, two medical dramas to compare is like ER and Grey's Anatomy. ER felt more mm-hmm. of like a drama, procedural drama, where Grey's Anatomy was, was very much undeniably a soap So. Oh yeah. Well, now that the what, what we're at 19 seasons and it's still on, it's one of the greats. It's one of Seriously. the Yeah, just lean into it and acknowledge it's a soap opera and keep it going. For Why sure. not? Yeah. It also probably has something to do with the way it's filmed cuz they, you know, they're they're going to have multi-camera set up. They're filming episodes very quickly. I don't know, maybe the the type of production makes it a soap opera. That could be it too. Yeah. And I think yeah, I think you have to have like multiple characters too it can't just be your same four oh yeah you know go-to yeah. individuals yes. so it has to be like a revolving door of characters but yeah that's that's for sure but again you know you can you can have something that's high budget again returning to game of thrones that's still very much like a soap opera or even something that's a little bit more rooted in reality like a shameless is still definitely mm-hmm. a soap opera because it's, it's still over the top but rooted in reality yeah Oh, the soap opera episode. It finally happened. There you go. I want to, I have a one, one more question. What has been your favorite? I guess it can be two things or maybe the same one. Um, What's been your favorite plot line in general hospital and what's been the most wild in your opinion? They might be the same thing, but Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm curious. I'll start with the most wild. The most wild is we had, so, you know, a lot of times, like, actors will leave, but the character is so popular, they recast them and then just find some ridiculous way to reintroduce. So we had a character, Jason Quarterman. I'm going to try to keep this as simple as I can explain no, it. No, go for it. Make it crazy. <laughs> Jason, I'm, here. I'm compelled. Jason Quartermain, who eventually later in his life ended up have, getting into an accident, and he had brain damage. And so he started going by Jason Quartermain because he was dismissing his rich family. Uh, but he was a very wildly popular character involved in the mob. He ended up getting killed off because the actor was after a long time on the show. Uh, super popular, but then they recast him. 
And so there was this clinic called Crichton Clark Clinic, and it was like a place of insane coincidences. And one of the many insane coincidences that occurred at this clinic was we had Dr. Robin Scorpio Drake, who was being held captive by Helena Cassidy, no longer being played by Liz. And she was helping to bring <laughs> Jason back to life, but we never saw Jason's face. But Jason eventually escaped, and due to the procedure of bringing him back to life, he couldn't speak either. And then we have another character, Ava Jerome, and she's never actually paid the consequences for this, just for the record. She ends up hitting Jason, <laughs> J- Jason in this hit and run, um, and he had to get facial reconstructive surgery. So he uh, has amnesia, of course. He has all of Jason's memories, and every, you know, eventually people learn he's Jason. But then the actor, the original actor who played Jason, was ready to come back. So it was a big to do. Like, oh, are they gonna recast him? What are they gonna do? No. So this Jason, this recast to Jason Quartermain, was actually his twin brother Drew Kane, and he had his memories implanted in his brain because years ago there was three sets of twins on the show that went through this experiment of seeing if they could do memory transplants um and so that's why drew had all of jason's memories uh so that was probably in more recent years one of the most over-the-top storylines um sounds like i love that sounds like real science i i feel like that's a a real thing that i'm kidding totally totally Uh, very based very based (laughs) Very um, based in reality with that one. That's that's great. There have been so many favorite storylines throughout the years, but I'll go back to to kind of like my tween into teen years. Really, there was like this romance between uh, Liz and Lucky. It was Elizabeth uh, Weber, who is the granddaughter of that first character that I mentioned, and uh, mm-hmm. Lucky Spencer, who is Luke and Laura's son. And like they're like blooming romance. It was Jonathan Jackson actually, who later went on to Nashville, and he's done other shows. Nashville also an oak. Um yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh but yeah, their romance and like their blooming thing was always so sweet and so innocent. It was just really a great that really roped me in and gave me a lot of unrealistic expectations about love and romance too. But I <laughs> loved their story <laughs> as a kid. That had me great for sure. So That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Ugh, well, you heard it fun. here on Poptimist. Yeah. This little unheard show just starting out. <laughs> General Hospital, give it a Google. Find them on social media. Give them a watch. This is great, Scott. I, I actually know very yeah. little about General Hospital, so this was this was a, a lot of fun. Um, any other any before we we move on towards the end of the show? Do you have anything else about General Hospital you'd like to add? Like to leave us with? I know you took notes, which I love when you take. Um, let's see what other. No, actually, I feel like as I'm scanning my notes here. Apologize for the pregnant pause. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I feel like I covered the basics of everything that I wanted to talk about, although I probably could go on for another many hours because uh, I'm just <laughs> that much of a dork. I love it. I What's funny is I don't feel like I know many people our age that like watch soap operas. No. So it, it's very fun that um, there's still a, an audience for it. Um, I'm, I'm one of two, yeah. I'm one of two million, apparently. Yeah, you are. I, if it keeps going this strong, I don't see it ending anytime soon. So um, that's so fun. This was a perfect topic. And I really can't believe we haven't touched on soap operas in the like year and a half we've been doing this. Uh, 
So thank you for bringing this in. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. little perfect, very large topic. There's a lot of things. Yeah, massive. Honestly. I could just, I mean, just, just sometimes I just like to go up to people and like give them the storylines completely out of context and talk about the characters like they're real people in my life. And they're like, wait, what? Because it is. It's just outrageous (laughs) outrageous to say out loud. Um, But it's, it's so much fun. I mean. You got it about implanting memories there. Like that's a plot line in, in Dagny's favorite movie of last year, Avatar the Way of Water. Like that's oh the whole God. thing is like sci-fi technology where it's like, oh, you, we had these memories implanted into your new Avatar body. Uh, Dagny loved that movie. And she likes to talk about on Poptimist about how much she loved it. Um, so, she, okay, no He's rebuttal from her. Just a sigh and a, a sigh and an angry look. I never said um, it's a bad movie. I said, I said it's very fun to look at. It is a copy paste of the first movie, but added water. Um, and it seems like the third movie is going to be a copy paste of the first and second movie with fire, um, which I'm going to go see it because everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, it was so cool. You got to see it in theaters because I'm never going to watch it on my own in my home. If I'm going to watch it, it's going to be in a theater. That's but fair. It was also like. At, at the two-hour well, mark, I was know. like, I get it. I get it. I I don't need three three hours. And then we got three hours. But... Well, and we don't know what the fourth one's going to be. But in the fifth one, apparently, we're going to get to go back to Earth. So that would be air, water, fire, fourth movie, and then Earth. So, you know, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Scott, uh, yes. here on Poptimist, we like to end our show with a game a game we call what a pitch and this is where we have our guest give us a prompt of some kind a pop culture prompt and dagny and i each have 30 seconds to pitch it to you uh fun news i get to go first this week so we're gonna kick dagny off the recording and we'll get this party started boom all right have fun all right get out of here get out of here as a listener i had one ready and i wanted to in the spirit of over the topness i'm gonna give you a very bizarre prompt a dragon who blends into the human world as an undercover detective. Go. Okay, this is great. So already the problem is it can never be a financial crime because the big the big problem with this dragon person, and they can disguise themselves like American Dragon Jake Longstyle, is uh, if there's ever like financial crimes, they hoard the wealth for themselves. They do have in their apartment like a Scrooge McDuck level gold pit. And so whenever there's a, they always have to hide from the department that they're, that they're, uh, that they're taking gold with them. But they they solve like Hobbit on Hobbit murders. They're trying to solve um, elves doing tax evasion. You know, there's there's dwarves living underneath New York City who are running an illegal diamond operation. I would watch this show, actually. My only problem would be, okay, and this is a, a quick sidebar. Um, I really like the Shadow of Mordor and the Shadow of War video games, which are action games that take place in Tolkien's universe. But in the second one, they posit that Shelob, you know, the giant fucking spider that almost kills Frodo, that Shelob has the ability, if she wants to, to become a sexy lady and flirt with the main character. And she's just like wearing a black dress with like extra straps on it that are little (laughs) like legs. And it's such an anti-Tolkien insane thing that they put in this game and this almost makes me feel like that where it's like a giant dragon it's like but then sexy lady uh who's also a detective i would watch the show though and i love that so that's my pitch i'm gonna grab dagny back on amazing dagny come on back dagny hello all right fantastic so 
Billy did. You've got you've got some stiff competition here, Dagny. Just letting you know. Oh, no. So I, as I told Billy, in the spirit of over the topness, my prompt is mm-hmm. dragon who blends into the human world as an undercover detective. Go. Undercover detective. Indeed. Okay. Um. Second, Billy. Let me just tell you. In the last episode, Billy got like three minutes to do his what a pitch. So I'm going to take my time and I'm going to think about it. And you have to deal with it, Billy. Um, it I'm kidding. <laughs> it was a real housewives prompt last week, and I just kind of went off. Yes. Um, actually, though, let me think. Um, does it have to be a drama? Did you say that? No. Nope. Or no? Mm-mm. Okay, great. So have you seen Psych? Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking it's like a goofy goober <laughs> of a of a dragon that is in a human form, really trying to be a really good detective, genuinely trying, but only has the resources of like a dragon. So I or mm, I don't know if that's right. So he he's going to not be good at his job is what I'm trying to say, but trying really hard and think like psych in the sense that he gets a partner he brings this partner along with him and makes him get up to no good and like do these wild scenarios and maybe the partner starts to be like i don't think this person is necessarily completely human so there's a whole side plot of like he's acting like he is like teaming up with him but the side character that's his partner is actually like doing his own investigation of like what is this main guy's deal like i think there's something up with him and he's trying to like put the pieces together. So it is like a procedural episode by episode of different like wacky crimes that they're trying to solve. And then we get our side plot. Cause you love your overarching plots of the supporting <laughs> character trying to figure out what is up with this main guy. And maybe by the end he's like, are you a dragon? Um, or it's like twilight of like, say it <laughs> <laughs> dragon. So that's mine. Uh, that I don't know if uh, it was good enough to beat Billy's, but that is that's my my pitch mm-hmm. for. It. I do appreciate the universe Billy created with his. It was it was very much he he built a world for me. Um, okay, where I could <laughs> see the, lots of possibilities. Uh, but I'm 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 here for the ride. I'm here for the comedic take on it. So uh, I I love you, Billy. But I'm going to hand this to Dagny. I love Hot that because we won that house, the, the last po- what a pitch with housewives. And again, I will never forget. Took three minutes. He did, went into details. Ugh, so thank you for the win. Of course, I, of course. I what, you saying it. you needed it? I did. I did to make my day better. <laughs> I needed a win. Can't let you win two in one day. Now Absolutely in, not. Now in my mind, like one of you is like Billy's going to seek revenge on you for this win and like bring in an, his evil twins somehow and swap memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Swap memories. That's yeah. the thing is, is I am Dagny's evil twin. Like already. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I, that's the, twist. that's the thing. No, oh. maybe we can make our own soap opera and you'll have to tune in to find out. Well, actually on that, is this time that I could uh, do a little plug here? Yes, of course. Yeah, I would love. Yes, yeah. Scott Joel, Joel Gazicki, give us a, a plug. Because it's, it's actually all ties in. I was recently cast oh. on a podcast soap opera. So, uh, <gasps> so fun. Life as a soap opera yes. performer badge unlocked. Um, it's called Old Cove. And you can follow them on Instagram at Old Cove Podcast. 
Uh, it's created by Aaron Wallace uh, in collaboration with Rick Clifton. But what's cool is it's actually a spinoff of another soap opera, uh, also where you, wherever you can get your podcasts, uh, called Tomorrow's a New Day, which I think is just like really the most brilliant name for a soap opera ever. Uh, and that is uh, at T-A-N-D podcast on Instagram. And That's awesome. Oh, we'll I, plug that too. Is it has yeah. it started yet? Um, so we've recorded everything, so it's in post, and it's supposed to drop around Valentine's Day. So perfect. <gasps> oh, that'll be around the time this episode comes out. Oh! Uh, and if not, if it's, I'll plug it in, in future episodes too. Check out Scott's podcast. That's so exciting. Yeah, That's no, amazing. it's a blast, and I, I get to play uh, some a borderline psychotic individual, and I won't say anything else. But it's yes. going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, what a treat. Oh, I love that. So exciting. Yeah. I, for some reason, I hadn't heard of like soap opera podcast, but that makes so much sense. And honestly, it's less work than, you know, a full production. For Um, sure. I mean, is there there quite a few (laughs) soap opera podcasts? Um, I think there's a few of them out there. I, it's, it's sort of opened my eyes to this world of, uh, you know, podcast soap operas, but hey, if the archers (laughs) can stay on BBC radio, Maybe yeah. uh, maybe podcast soaps are the future. So, since 1951, I went and looked Crazy. it up. The Archers has been has been airing since 1951. That's wild. Wild. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Well, such a perfect topic, and yeah, I'll be sure to. Mm-hmm. I need more podcasts to listen to, so I'll be sure to look it up once it's oh, out. Amazing. Um, and let us know. We can post a little like extra Instagram story thing to announce that it's out and about so our listeners Sweet. check out your podcast thank you for that that would be amazing and uh, yeah it's a yeah. it's a fun fun cast fun crew so it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be a blast uh, can't wait uh, well thank you so much for joining us thank Such you a lovely for guest. I'm glad we were yeah i'm glad we were finally able to have you do a recording um and thank everybody for listening i said that in a very weird way i'm already doing bad at this outro billy this is going to be a perfect outro starting okay now. This has been Poptimus. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to comment, subscribe, give us five stars, all that good stuff. Give us your own what a pitch in the comments. We'd love to read it. Um, Follow us on Instagram for updates of when we release new episodes, ideally every Wednesday. Um, We don't spam. No, I already, I, I tend to get sidetracked. Shit. Anyway, follow us on Instagram so you know when we release new episodes. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, hot takes, or maybe you want to be a guest someday, feel free to email us at poptimuspod at gmail.com. Billy, how was that? Other Dagny, than one blur, Dagny, I know this is uh, the 73rd time you've done this, but have you ever thought about like typing up a script and reading it as you go? Never, never. I will not. <laughs> I'm a very organized person and I plan things, but for some reason, no. I will never write it up. I will. It's pretty consistent. I just sometimes get sidetracked and want to say an additional. It's little pretty consistent that it's a little. Uh, it's a little off every episode. Well, Good. I it think keeps people on their toes. I think that's why Ezra Miller yeah. listens. Mm-hmm. It's, that's it's correct just for your outros. Just for the outros, yeah. he's like, "Is she gonna mess it up this time?" And then I do, and he's like, "Ha ha, she'll know it right." This has been Poptimus. Thank you all for listening. Everybody say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye.